The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. What are you going after in the new year? And let's hope nothing's coming after you in 2021. I mean, I've kind of chuckled as I've read different things that people wrote uh, about 2020 as they started the year. Like, it's gonna be the best year ever. You know, 2020 has so much hope in store and then reality smacked us hard. And so maybe you're like me and you're a little cautious about what you're gonna say about going into 2021. Like maybe your thought is just like, yeah, it's gonna be okay. Or it's gonna be better than last year. And then you're kind of like saying that uh, hopeful or you know, wishing that was the case. So what are you going after in 2021? The reality is whatever we're pursuing is probably driven by what we believe is important. And what we believe is important is what will draw us into wonder. I mean, it's what we will value. It's what we're gonna put our worship or our affection on. And so what's true? You know, we, we've been caught in a, in a year. I mean, if anything, 2020 could be described as a year where we got trapped in what you weren't sure what was true and what was false, what was real news, what was fake news, who you could trust and what you could listen to. We got caught in a lot of controversy, a lot of conflict, a lot of very uh, difficult uh, issues. And, and as a result, uh, everybody was trying to pull facts and news and stories to confirm what they said was true. And the, and the reality is there's this problem called confirmation bias. It's that you go looking for information to confirm what you already believe and you're more likely to believe something simply because it confirms what you already believe. So the idea of confirmation bias is you hear a story and you believe it to be true even if it's not simply because it confirms what you already thought. And you're more likely to reject information, a new story, uh, research, because it goes against what you believe, even if that is true. So this confirmation bias, what it does is it drives us into echo chambers where we only listen to people who agree with us. We only listen to stories that confirm what we want. We only read articles. We only really lean in to those that already support what we already think, what we already believe, what we already value, and we reject anyone and everything else. And so what happens is you, and you don't need me to say this very much, but, um, in 2020, we got pushed to the extremes, to the, to the polar opposite sides where we don't even agree on truth anymore. We don't agree on facts. And, and as a result, it leaves us susceptible to people who want to manipulate and use and abuse us for their own power, for their own purposes. And too often, I think even within the church, conflict and controversies, can become a problem, and as a result, people see the church as part of the problem, not as part of the solution. They, they, they can often think the church is filled with just, you know, empty-headed, numbed people who are simply trapped in a confirmation bias. But, but I want you to know that the church is actually filled with, and can be filled with, and maybe you're even invited to be filled with, the kind of mindset that says, I am hungry for, I am open to, I am looking for truth. What's true? And what does it mean to pursue that truth? I, I love this guy, Matthew, who 
He's the author of the Gospel of Matthew, one of the four Gospels in the Bible. Uh, he includes a story that none of the other uh, Gospels include, one of the other writers include. And it really, it's because uh, he, he tells a story about these guys that were outsiders, not just outsiders to Christianity and to uh, Judaism, but really they were pagans. They were far away from the true God. And, and I think Matthew included them because he could relate. Matthew was an outsider. Now, he was a Jewish man, but he was hated by uh, those within his community because he was, uh, he was a tax collector for the Roman Empire. And as a result, when you're cheating your neighbors out of their hard-earned money and you're giving it to the Romans who are using it to fund a standing army, you're not well-liked in the community. And so Matthew meets Jesus who invites him to become a friend and follower. And Matthew leaves behind his old lifestyle and becomes a student and a disciple of Jesus where his life is radically changed. And he sees the life of Jesus. He hears the teachings of Jesus. He experiences Jesus' death and his resurrection. And so 30 years later, Matthew writes an account from his eyewitness experience of the life and teachings of Jesus. And in that, he includes this moment where some faraway outsiders put aside their confirmation bias. They lay aside the things that they had already believed and they begin to pursue truth. And so we're gonna jump into the story in Matthew chapter two, where he writes this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. So here, let me talk to you a little bit about who these guys are. Let me, let me bring you over here. I don't know about you, but in you, most of you have a little nativity scene um, under your Christmas tree or in your house. And where do you put the wise men, the, the magi? Some of, some of you, based on a Christmas carol, you call them the three kings. And, and many of you, you probably put them right near Mary and Joseph. You've got a little shepherd, right? The shepherds that saw the angel and heard the news and heard the chorus. And so they came to worship uh, and see this newborn king. You might have an angel nearby, but everybody puts them really close. The reality is uh, when Jesus was born, maybe the time when, the, when God put a star in the sky and the wise men hundreds and hundreds of miles away maybe noticed the star and began the preparations for their journey. And it may have taken them maybe even up to a year or a year and a half to finally arrive at the place where they met Jesus. And so if you really want to be accurate, you might put your nativity set by the tree and then put the, the wise men somewhere very far away in the house somewhere else. So who are these wise men? Well, let me, let me jump in because they're important to the story because they do something that every one of us do. So let me give you a little background. The wise men, uh, otherwise known as the magi. It's actually where we get the word eventually that gets developed into magic and magician. Now these guys weren't necessarily magicians, but um, they, were, they were something like pagan priests who were interested in all kinds of religions, who were very open to the various different ideas out there. They were academics, they studied, they were scholars. Uh, they blended science and superstition. I mean, bear in mind, you're talking about an ancient practice. They came from a tribe of magi, a tribe of Medes, 
And so this was kind of like their, their family, their, their, their tribe's history was living out these practices of bringing science and superstition together, the study of astronomy and astrology, but they were powerful. So you can root their history back hundreds and hundreds of years, back before some of the prophets in the Old Testament of the Bible. In fact, one of the times you hear about these guys is in the life of this guy, Daniel, who gets exiled to Babylon and in Babylon where there's a turnover of power and, and it gets turned over to the Medes and the Persians where Daniel has influence and he becomes a leader within the Magi. And he gives them access to Jewish um, truths, the Jewish Bible, the Jewish um, writings, and he would have talked to them about the Messiah, the coming promised one. And so within this group of magi who were pagan priests, who were astronomer astrologers, who were combining academics and superstition and religion, they, they were powerful individuals. Now, it, when you look at the story, maybe they're referred to as three kings. They were not kings. It was more like they were advisors to kings but more than advisors, they were more than counselors. They were king makers. If, if you ever had a group of people that were like fit into the Illuminati category, that was these guys. Their tribe were powerful. Throughout hundreds of years of history, they would show up and they decided who was king. They made people powerful. So they held most of the power. And so when they, when they're searching, they're looking for where and who the new kings are. And what you, what you find is this, here are guys looking for truth and God pursues them. He puts a star in the sky that they notice in the midst of their astronomy, astronomy and their astrology, in the midst of their searching and their seeking, they discover a star and they begin to pursue and they find Jesus, the newborn king of the Jews. Why a star? Maybe God put a star in there simply to get their attention, but I, I think it's more than likely that God put a star in the sky like a proud dad makes an announcement about his newborn child. God, this proud father who wants everyone to know about his newborn son, places a star in the sky like a spotlight so you can't miss him. So that in the midst of the darkness, you can see the light of God's love and you can find his son. And, and so the principle that should jump out of the journey of the Magi to come and find Jesus, maybe a year or a year and a half after he was born, would be this. The principle you can apply to your life is, would you pursue the wonder of God's truth? Whatever you're pursuing, whatever you've been chasing after, would you make it your mission as you go into 2021 that you are going to pursue the wonder of God's truth. Thank you for joining us online this weekend. You've celebrated Christmas. You've, you've hopefully had some time to celebrate with family, and hopefully you've been able to unwrap presents. The greatest pursuit you could have in 2021 is to pursue God. And you pursue the wonder of God's truth. Now, not everyone in this story is excited about their pursuit of the wonder of God's truth. 
in fact, very much the opposite. Some are outright upset about their pursuit. And so let's continue with the story in Matthew chapter two, starting in verse three. King Herod, when they came, so these three magi, they come and they meet the king of Israel, the king in that region. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Imagine that, an entire city upset that three powerful leaders show up saying, we're looking for the newborn king of the Jews. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. He goes, okay, so where was this? When did this happen? And his goal is not necessarily sincere. And so we're going to keep reading here. This is, this is what they said. They, they told, so, so they said, this is where we saw the star. They consult with their um, advisors, and, and this is what they find out. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. So Herod, he, he says he wants to go worship him, but behind the scenes, what he's saying is, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill this newborn king. In fact, that's exactly what he does. He plots and um, later on he discovers that the, these wise men don't return to him and so he sends soldiers to kill babies. Why? What's really going on? Now, if you've heard this story before, you just kind of hold up Herod as like this sinister man, but you got to think about what's going on geopolitically. You got three guys from a tribe that's a little bit like the Illuminati. They show up from an eastern empire that is not necessarily friendly to the Roman Empire, and they're coming in to make someone a king, the king of the Jews. This is both a threat to Rome, this is a threat to king, and a threat to King Herod's throne. So you got three powerful guys, kingmakers and advisors, who show up and say, we know that a new king was born. We've come to worship him. King Herod is less than excited. In fact, he's filled with fear, and scheming, and he's going to figure out how to eliminate this threat to his throne. Now, Herod has a history of eliminating threats to his throne. In fact, he changed his will multiple times about who was going to take over his throne. He had two sons written in, and then he removed them from power because of the scheming of another one of his sons, and so he wrote that guy in to become the new king, and then that guy got eliminated. So you have Herod, who is always uh, trying to take control of out-of-control circumstances, and Herod, who is always trying to take control of the future after he will not be there. And so when he hears about this Illuminati coming to make someone else king, he, it's a threat to Rome, and it's a threat to his throne, and he wants to take control, and he wants to fix this problem, just like he fixed the problem of his son's who he no longer wanted to be the king. And what you discover is that when God puts the star in the sky and there's truth to be known, there's a truth to be revealed, not everyone is open to that truth. In fact, we feel threatened by it and you can feel that too. Sometimes we are, we're quicker to believe a lie than the truth. Why? Because inside of every one of us, there is an instinct to go against the best of God and the truth of God. And we, some, we will reject God and pursue lies. And too often, you and I get trapped in believing lies. Lies that hurt us and lies that destroy us. Lies that cause us to try to protect what is ours and reject what is best for us. That instinct to believe a lie and reject truth is called called sin. Sin pushes us away from God toward doing and believing what we want 
and it will wreck our lives and it will hurt others. Like Herod, who is fighting for control and want to control the moment, want to control the future. Herod, who doesn't just reject this possibility of a, of a truth of a newborn king, but he goes and fights directly against it. And that's what sin is doing in our lives. It's wrecking us and fighting against God. And sin sets us up for an ultimate ruin where we ultimately reject God and we spend forever far from God. But God loved us so much that he pursued us. In fact, that's the story of these three wise men is here they are far from God, pagans, outsiders from the wrong country, from the wrong empire, and yet they see a star and it, it doesn't just drive curiosity, it puts them into a pursuit of truth. In fact, that's what they say, right? Matthew chapter two, verse two, they say, we saw his star when it rose and we have come. I mean, I don't know how many times you've seen stars in the sky, but I can't imagine that when you saw a star, you dropped everything and went chasing after the origins of that star or the meaning of that star or what that star was pointing you to. See, they knew that the wonder was not in the star, but that the star was pointing them to the wonder. So you can continue to read. They explain a little bit more and they say, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. In fact, in, in another translation, in translation it says, they were, they were filled with exceedingly great joy. They were filled with the wonder that they had found the person at the center of their pursuit. Here's what I want you to know in this story. The truth you seek is seeking you. They thought they were pursuing the, the king, not realizing that the king was pursuing them. God had meticulously crafted from the beginning of time, even when he put the stars in place, he had already designed a moment when that star would get into that spot that would shine over Bethlehem and would lead wise men to pursue truth and discover the wonder of Jesus. See, God had been meticulously plotting throughout history to reveal himself to these wise seekers. God had been meticulously not just crafting the astronomy or the design of the stars. God had been crafting history. God had been crafting our story so that not only would these three wise men find Jesus, but that we would find Jesus. The truth you seek is seeking you. The God that you feel is missing from your life has been pursuing you. God is after you. God wants you in his, in his life as much as you need him in your life. My, my challenge to you is, um, are you open to allowing the truth of God to pursue you? And are you willing to pursue him? Here's how much God wants to know you and love you that God was willing to pursue you. And so he steps out of heaven onto earth. He steps away from eternity into time and away from his all-knowing, all-powerful wisdom into the womb of a virgin born a baby, helpless into poverty and oppression. But this Jesus grows up and he, he shows how wide God's arms are that God is open wide to you and I, that he's willing to eat 
with the outcasts. And he's willing to touch the sick and give them hope and healing. He's willing to speak life into death and healing into disease. That Jesus showed us how near God is and how much God is after us. And I want you to know that God is after those that are lost in confusion. God is after those that are trapped in their doubts and their fears. That God is pursuing you. And the only thing that these wise men could do was see the star, recognize that there is someone to pursue and go after him all along what they don't realize is that God has been after them. And so I want you to know that right now there might be a little light illuminating inside of you and you're willing to open your heart. I want you to know that God has been pursuing you and he proved that through the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus coming and dying on a cross, but not just dying for our sins, dying to offer us forgiveness, but rising from the dead to give us new life and forever life. And when you say yes to Jesus and you believe in Jesus by faith, what you're, what you're receiving is a God who has been pursuing you. And if that's where you're at right now, can I encourage you? We're all online right now. And so I want you to make a step. If you're open to receiving through faith the God who has been pursuing you, would you say yes to Jesus? And if you're making that commitment right now, would you let us know? You can let us know by texting the name Jesus to 41411. Um, you could also... If you want to, just put in the comment section, Jesus. Either way, someone will follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus, responding to a God who has been pursuing you. And what, what I want you to know is that your pursuit for the wonder of God's truth will always lead you to a God who has been running after you, who loves you so much that there is nothing you could ever do to, to get away from him. There's, there, you, there's nothing you could ever do that God wouldn't be willing to forgive. There, there's, no, there's no amount of, uh, of running from God that wouldn't keep God from running after you. I, I wanna encourage you and challenge you to open your heart to God and recognize the truth you seek is seeking you. That God wants you, he loves you, God is for you. And with that, I, I wanna lead you to a, a final uh, key thought in the story of these wise men. So we're going to jump back into the story of Matthew chapter 2, where it says this. It says, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. What was their response? Not just to, not just to seeing a star and pursuing it, but they said, we have come to worship. So then eventually they find the baby in Bethlehem. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And when they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So th this is the response. They, they brought gifts. Check it out. Do you realize, you, you, would, you may not know this, these guys probably spent six to nine months on a journey to find Jesus. Here's the thing. Seeking truth leads to the wonder of worship. Their truth-seeking led them to a place where they finally discovered Jesus, and that leads them to worship. Here's what I know. If you will begin to, what are you pursuing in 2021? What are you, you going to be going after? If you will go after the wonder of God's truth, I promise you, you'll find it. If you will spend this year just running after God, saying, God, would you lead me in truth? Invariably, when you, when you are looking for the truth of God, you will be filled with the wonder of God. And when you're filled with wonder, you begin to worship you begin to see the stars 
as revealing God's love. You begin to look through nature and you see the nature of God. You begin to look in every relationship and see through your relationships a revelation of God's love for you. And you begin to be filled with a wonder at how good God is and that wonder leads to worship. So here, they pursue for six to nine months after preparing, so they have been looking for a star, they see a star, then they get themselves ready and they go on a journey and finally they find a baby, a little child in the home of a carpenter and they walk in and they come in, these powerful king makers and they bow and worship the king above all kings and they offer him gold, frankincense and myrrh. Gold, a gift symbolizing Jesus' royalty right? Gold for a king. Frankincense, which, you know, you go, well, why did they bring these gifts? Frankincense would have rep been representative of the incense of prayer. So frankincense was used for incense, but very specifically, it would have been symbolic of incense going up as prayers to God. And what they were, what they were saying through this gift, it was, it was a valuable gift, but what they were saying was, this baby is divine, he, he's not just a king, he is a God king. And then finally, myrrh. Myrrh is a strange one because myrrh is a, would have been a spice or something used specifically at burial. So why bring myrrh? Well, maybe they had a little clue into the way he would die, that he would be sacrificed as an offering for our sins. Jesus dying and through his death, we're given life. And through his life, we're given new and forever life. And so they came to worship. And what I want you to know is that when you, when you go after truth, what is true? What is not just true, but what is the ultimate truth? And I want you to know that God's, God's truth, Jesus, who is the truth, will push away all of the lies when you believe in Jesus and you pursue the truth of God, he overcomes the lies in your life, the lies that have trapped you, the deceptions that have trapped you, the control that you've been holding onto, all of the lies of the enemy that have tricked you and trapped you into believing in things you and I should not be caught up in believing. Maybe lies that have got you focused on the wrong thing as you head into 2021. Jesus, the ultimate truth, who drives out the lies, then fills us with wonder and leads us to worship. How long did these guys journey? Maybe six to nine months. To see Jesus for how long? They come in, they bow in worship, they offer gifts, and they return another way. They may have a few brief moments with the king above all kings. Was it worth it to them? Was it worth it to spend maybe a year and a half on a difficult journey through deserts and all kinds of hardship so that they can have a few moments in worship before the king above all kings. What are you willing to do to worship God? What are you willing to pursue? What are you willing to give up? How long are you willing to take just to get to a place where you can worship God? Can I encourage you? Would you allow the wonder of God to fill you with worship and maybe your worship will have to be a little bit inconvenient. Maybe it'll cost you a little bit. I want you to know that no matter what the cost, no matter what the journey, it's worth it. When you allow the wonder of God and the truth of God to lead you to worship, because remember, we worship God in truth. We're not worshiping a false God. We're not worshiping a made up God. We're worshiping a God who put the stars in place and allows the stars to reveal his glory. And when we begin to pursue God, we discover his truth and it fills us with worship. And 
We know this, that at the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And these powerful men bowed their knee in worship. And would you bow? Would you bow your heart? Would you bow your agenda? Would you bow your pride? Would you bow your positions? Would you bow your career? Would you bow 21, the, the year 2021, in worship to God? I, I wanna bow my plans for this year before God in worship and say, God, it's yours. I'm willing to pursue you and in my pursuit of you, I know that your truth drives out the lies. And when I believe you, I'm filled with wonder and that wonder leads to worship. Would you allow me to pray over you right now? Jesus, that's what we want. We thank you that when we turn to you, you've been always turned toward us. When we start seeking you, you've been seeking us all along. Thank you that the truth we seek has been seeking us and has found us. And so may you find our hearts receptive to you. And now God, as we, as we respond to the truth that drives out the lies, would you fill us with wonder that leads to worship. And so we bow our hearts to you in wonder and worship. We thank you for this year, 2020. As we look ahead to 2021, may this coming year be a pursuit of you, the pursuit of your truth, the pursuit of your wonder, and the pursuit of allowing that wonder to lead us to worship. And we ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.